Welcome to the Wish I'd Known Then podcast, where we focus on how authors found success, looking at strategies that have taken them to the top of the bestseller charts, as well as what they've learned from their mistakes. Because being an indie author is more than knowing the latest marketing trend. It's about being innovative and creative and learning from your mistakes. Welcome to the Wish I'd Known Then podcast. I'm Sarah Rosette. And I'm Jamie Albright. And this week on the show, we're going to answer your questions. Yes, we're going to start off talking about newsletters, mm-hmm. what we send, yep. and then we'll go on to answer other yep. other burning questions from the Facebook group. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you know, your mileage may vary um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, because some of this you may already know and some uh, think you might get a nugget of something. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they're like with everything in indie publishing, there are a million ways to do it, you know, and we're not mm-hmm. saying the way we do it is the exact right way, but it's, it's an idea. So yeah, just giving some thoughts and ideas and pick and choose what works for you. So, right. Exactly. Exactly. What's been going on with you, Sarah? Uh, Well, this week I turned in my book to Mm -hmm. the editor last Sunday. Yay. So this week I've kind of taken the week off from creative writing Mm -hmm. type things. I've done admin stuff. I went through all my emails. Well, mostly Mm. all of them. They kind of piled up for that last week. Yeah. So I did that and doing some stuff around the house. And it's been kind of nice. Not a lot nice. going yeah. on. Listen mm-hmm. to some podcasts. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's yeah. about it. That's great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Pretty, great. pretty slow, kind of slow week. What about you? Yeah. Uh, well, more of the same, you know, just trying to finish this book and hit another snag. But um, <laughs> I think, <laughs> um, I think I've worked it out. And uh, yeah, so just really nothing much with me. I've just been doing that. And I did get my second, second COVID vaccine last Thursday. So oh, that's right. Yeah. Next after next Thursday, I will be um, fully yeah, vaccinated, I'll, fully vaccinated. Yeah. Pretty cool. excited about that. I'm yeah. Minimal side effects. I mean, I felt kind of tired and a little, you know, a mm-hmm. little blah. Didn't that's feel good, though. great I mean, for a few hours, but after that I was fine. Yeah. Compared to yeah. some people, that's really good. And yeah. Forgot, my husband I, had the same reaction. Yeah, so, yeah. so that's good. Yeah. I forgot. I got my first one on Sunday, mm-hmm. like last week. Mm-hmm. So I have to wait. I got the Moderna one. So I have to wait a little bit longer. I think yeah. four weeks. Yeah. So, yeah. So it was good. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful, but you know, we're still, <laughs> yeah. Still, things gonna, are not normal. Let's just, no. I think everyone knows that. So, yeah. Uh, but anyway, it's it's it it, it feels we're moving like, in the right it feels direction. like we're kind of like in that final mm-hmm. curve, you know, like if you're running a race mm-hmm. and you come around that last corner. Although I don't like to run, so I would not be running yeah, a race. I would know. <laughs> but I feel like we're in the home stretch. I as I've as I've said before, I only run if someone's chasing me. Uh, so. Yeah. Or if I was made to in school. I think that's why I hate uh, yeah. it because yeah, PE yeah. was not my favorite subject. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. Well, um, yeah, let's get on with these questions. Okay. So the first one, we have a multi-part question from Fatima. And she says, what kind of newsletters do you send to your readers and how often? So let's answer these like, we'll answer yeah. this one and then we'll go to the next one. Yeah. All from her. Okay. Do you want me to go first? Yeah, you go first. Okay, so I send uh, my newsletter to my people twice a month um, on the 1st and the 15th. And because I don't release very often, it's usually slice of life things. Usually before pandemic, it was 
you know, funny stories about me <laughs> embarrassing myself. Unfortunately, with the pandemic, I haven't had that much opportunity to Can't embarrass myself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, but like yesterday, I sent one and it was um, tropes and book recommend, you know, tropes that I love. I've, I've been the last month really reading and listening to a lot of uh, urban fantasy, which is, I love that. I love yeah. that genre. And um, so just the recommendations there. And then I talked about some tropes and my favorite books and tropes, you know, d- different tropes. And then I asked my readers to send me theirs and we'll kind of mm-hmm. compile a list and put it out yeah. in one of the newsletters. So um, that's what I do. But then I also have the new author discovery newsletter that um, sort of took a, about a month hiatus, but I'm, I'll send one out next week. So, so my readers are getting four newsletters from me a month, but the ones that are the new author discovery, um, they're titled that. So my open rate, actually my open rate on that is about the same as it is on my um, regular newsletter. My regular newsletter is higher, but um, it's still not bad. So um, um, that's what I do. Yeah. 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 How about you? Well, when I first started out, I did just a newsletter when I had a new release. And this was like when I was, you know, having one book a year. So I didn't send out a newsletter very often. But as I became indie and learned more about newsletter marketing, I sent sent out an email to everyone at one point and said, hey, I'm going to be emailing a little more often. If you'd like a new release only, click here and you'll go over here and you'll only get the new release. Or, you know, if you don't do anything, you'll get my more frequent updates. So I try and email about once a month and it's usually, I aim for the 15th and I do like a little um, kind of update, whatever's been going on. If I have anything Mm -hmm. interesting or fun, I talk about that. If I found a new show or a new, you know, Mm -hmm. something that I'm Mm -hmm. enjoying, I'll talk about that. And then I Mm -hmm. usually just put in some like interesting things. One thing I did last time, um, because mystery readers, they love puzzles and things like that. And I found this Mm -hmm. online uh, jigsaw puzzle creator. And so Mm -hmm. I took my cover, which I own the rights to, and I uploaded Mm -hmm. it. And then I just put a link in there and it could embed in the newsletter. And Uh so people love that. And I was like, I don't, you know, you never know if people are going to like it, but I try and give them something that they will enjoy, either a recommendation or something Mm -hmm. fun. Um, So they like that. And people email me back and they were (laughs) replying back like eight minutes and 12 seconds. You know, like they were like, this is how fast I did it. (laughs) So So I just try and find little interesting things like that to send them. And then at the end of mine, I always put currently reading and I have Mm -hmm. like just a link to whatever I'm reading that week. And then I will do certain newsletters like Sarah recommends. And this is like what I, you know, like my top picks for whatever you know like Mm -hmm. for this year or for you know locked room Mm -hmm. mysteries or whatever Mm -hmm. and and then I ask my readers like you do what what they've been reading and Mm -hmm. so one of my most um, popular newsletters was Sarah's readers recommend and Mm -hmm. so when they replied back I kept a list and I created Mm -hmm. or I asked Adriel to create um, books to read links and so Mm -hmm. then you know they could go look at the carousel and pick you know which yeah books you know so it was and it was very interesting to see what everyone else is reading and good for information for ads you know if you're doing ads so, right 
Right. So that's great. Yeah, I always have in mind Jane, um, Albright Spotlight, where I put my newsletter swaps. I do a newsletter swap almost every every newsletter. Not 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 everyone, but almost. And if I don't have a swap, I will still feature friends' books or people, you know, books I've read or or um, you know, in all my mm-hmm. newsletters. But one thing I always, 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 always do. It's just kind of a permanent part of my newsletter is I have the links to all my books and all my audio books at the bottom, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, you know, go through the newsletter at the bottom and then I have, it looks like the rest of the newsletter basically, Mm -hmm. but it's got all the links. So I've done that for a while where I put, I'll say, have you missed any books? I had that at the bottom, Mm -hmm. like a footer and I had images for all the books and you could click on it, it would take you to the series page on my right. website and then I, I started trading that out and so every, I have like two or three that I rotate and um, yeah. like one of them is are you new to audiobooks let me help you get started right. and right. then there's another one that's like um, uh, I have one that's like oh the formats of my books you can find my books in ebook print paperback just so people know yeah. Yeah. So kind of informational. And mm-hmm. um, and then last one I did, I did nothing just to see. And I need to go back and look mm-hmm. and see, you know, if I had better click rates because I had, didn't have that thing on the bottom. So I think I just kind of like to use it like informational. Right. Um, hey, here's some books. Or, hey, did you know I have audiobooks? Things like yeah. that. Yeah. I always sell books when I send out mm-hmm. a newsletter. I mean, it just doesn't matter. I always sell books. So uh, I always have those links there. Yeah. All right. So, so let's go to the yeah. next question. You, um, so this is like part two. <laughs> this yeah. is the question. You mentioned you depend on word of mouth to sell your books, but it's hard to measure its reach. How do you nudge readers to talk about your books other than writing a great book, obviously? <laughs> <laughs> well, I talked about this in the clubhouse uh, group that we were in. Um, the, you know, it is hard to measure word of mouth, but um, I do encourage, like when I have a release or something like that, I always create a post on my author page that my readers can share, you know, and I give, I, I make it as easy as I can for my readers and my reader group to share that author post. So I, I create a link, you know, I get the link from the author post and I put it and I say, hey, you can share this here. And a lot, you know, I know that a lot of them do because I get you know, I get the notification that they've shared it. Um, Also, one thing I do when I launch is I do the uh, giveaways, you know, Mm -hmm. in other authors groups. And all that they have to do is uh, like and share to enter the, you know, so I have a little graphic and I have the blurb and everything. But all they have to do is like and share. But when I do that, because, you know, a lot of my readers read and, you know, there are other people's yeah. readers too. They start talking about the book and then there's like a whole conversation going on about the book that I'm not involved in. So that's just what that's a good way to, yeah, exactly. Which is a good way to do it. So yeah, yeah it is hard, but um, I think yeah. as you build a following, as you build, you know, kind of trust with your readers and um, then they will, especially in romance, they want to talk about the books they love, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And that is very different from a mystery reader. So every genre yeah. is going to be different because I think that romance readers and like YA readers, 
they they mm-hmm. love to get in there and talk about those characters and talk to their mm-hmm. friends about it online. Whereas mystery readers yep. are much more reserved. And I did not understand yeah. that when I started out. And I was trying to create buzz around my book. Mm-hmm. And my readers were like, loved it. Great. Thanks. And they didn't want to, they wanted to email me and tell me they liked it. Yeah. They didn't yeah, want to announce it on social media, which is fine. Right. So, um, so I think it's a little bit, it may be harder depending on what genre you're, you're uh-huh. in, but mm-hmm. um, I, you know, you can always ask, which mm-hmm. is hard for me to do because I don't like to ask for anything yeah. ever, but um, right, right. you could, I have done that, it, you know, at the end of a book, instead of asking for reviews, maybe if you're a couple books into the series, because those would be your readers that really love your books. You could say, you know, please share this with any of your, I would say, please share this with any of your friends who love mysteries. Cause if they're not into mysteries, they're not going to like it, you know, but um, you could ask. I think the Goodreads giveaway is a good thing. I've done those too. The paperback, you know, you just give away five copies and that helps get, yeah, it's, it gets in people's mm-hmm. Goodreads feed and maybe people aren't talking about it specifically but there other people will see it right so i think that's a good idea too yeah um yeah i agree with all of that um you want to you got to know your reader you got to know your audience so and we talk about that all the time on this on this podcast so yep all right part three the question (laughs) do you have anything special you do for your readers so this could be a whole podcast. I think. Yeah, it could. And you're better at this than I am even, but you know, I did that series or not serial, but yeah. um, that book in my newsletter. And so I did a chapter, I would like to say mm-hmm. every time I sent out a newsletter, but that didn't happen, but still. <laughs> and then when it was done, I let, I had a link to my website and I left it on my website for my readers for two weeks. They could read it for free there before I put it, you know, and I sold, I put it up on Amazon and sold it. So, you know, that's something I do. Um, I do, I'll just do a random giveaway um, in my book, in my group. Um, yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. And you did I the booked. novella, right? Yeah. yeah. That was the novella I was talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 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 Well, I do, I've done lots of different things. I've done like um, giveaways. I've done things where, people like in the newsletter to, because the more people open and click and reply, the better Mm -hmm. it is for you. So Mm -hmm. one thing I did was I had giveaways for a while that I did. The way to enter was to reply to my email. And Mm -hmm. that is a lot of work because then, I mean, if somebody replies, then you want to reply back to them. Correct. You know, it's because you're creating a conversation. Mm -hmm. So that's more work on your side. Right. But I've done that where I'll give away books. Um, A lot of times I'll, um, because this allows me to indulge my desire to buy books. Yes. I buy the the book from Murder by the Book. I read it. Mm-hmm. I take a picture of it right. post it on Instagram. And then some of right. those I will give away and I'll, you know, say, click here to be entered in the giveaway. Mm-hmm. So I've done that. Mm-hmm. Um, I try and do something for my readers. Um, I want them to have something exclusive if they sign it for my newsletter. And I used right. to think, oh, they will, they'll find out about things first from me. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. the BookBub um, new release alerts mm-hmm. kind of ruined that because they send theirs yeah. out like, <laughs> like the minute the book is out. Yeah, so I, they do. I, yeah. So I switched and I started doing exclusive previews for mm-hmm. my newsletter list. So the last couple of books I've, I've emailed them the first, you know, couple of chapters. Mm-hmm. I think one book I did. I've done that like, too. Yeah. Yeah. I think I did like the first, like, 
I can't remember, six, seven chapters, much more than they would get in a preview on Amazon yeah, yeah, or on yeah. a retailer. So I've done that and I have written um, short stories to give them, away, give things away. But for me, that's a huge amount of time and brain energy that I feel like I could have just written a book, you know, by the right. time I exactly. it and everything. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't no. do as many short stories. Some people pump those out and I know mm-hmm. people that they write a short story for every book they release. Mm-hmm. And it just, I just can't do that. I mean, well, it, I, mean, I probably you know, could, but the, I'd be awfully yeah. exhausted. <laughs> I do the second epilogues or whatever, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, at the end of my book, uh, but and be, to try to avoid duplicates on my newsletter, which, you know, good mm-hmm. luck uh, because yeah. I'm a MailChimp. I, I should probably switch, but it's such a hassle. It's a pain. I know Y'all, it's a pain. There's just so much time. I'm like, you know, whatever that might be a bad business person, but I don't care. Um, so <laughs> it's not the pain just, point isn't that high yet. It, no, obviously, <laughs> it, isn't, it isn't that, you know, but um, anyway, to avoid the duplicates, I will send those extras out in my newsletter to my current subscribers. That way they don't, they don't have to subscribe, subscribe to the newsletter to get, yeah. you know, to get it. Yeah. So I mean, I do that for them. Yeah. Yeah. And then I kind of this year I didn't or last year in December, you know, 2012 was just crazy. And I didn't. Mm-hmm. I, I 2012? Was to, 2020. 2020. <laughs> <laughs> you know, time means nothing now, right? <laughs> so uh, I, maybe I have a little dyslexia there. So 2021 Ooh. is 2012. Anyway, <laughs> last year I just couldn't come up with anything creative right. uh, fiction wise to send to my mm-hmm. list at Christmas. And I like to do something for them at Christmas. And so mm-hmm. um, I created these pages like from a reading journal that they could print uh-huh. like printables. And I've done a printable yes. calendar that I hired somebody off of Etsy to create a calendar. Yeah. And um, so I've done some things like that, that, and they seem to, you know, they seem to love it. So yeah, free stuff is always good. Yeah. Very good. Very good. All right. So next question is, is there another genre, subgenre you're interested in writing in? This is a fun question. Yes. Yes. Urban fantasy. I have a whole (laughs) urban fantasy like story series. I, I, it would be awesome, but I write so dang slow y'all. I can't, I cannot justify that. You know, my readers, my romance readers would Mm -hmm. kill me. If they knew that I was not writing <laughs> their story oh to write an urban fantasy story. So maybe someday, but you know, the so clock's ticking. I don't know. Yeah. So you're staying in your lane. I'm staying in my lane. Yes. Yeah. I do well, love I, urban fantasy though. Mm. Yeah. Well, my thing was I wanted to write historical fiction, like historical mm-hmm. mystery. So I did that. Uh-huh. And so yeah. I've written cozy and I really love a historical so mm-hmm. I'm going to keep doing that. And I don't really have anything else that I would like that's kind of gnawing at me to write. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think it would be really fun to write a time travel book sometime. But oh, yeah. I don't. Oh, see, my brain can't hold that. I, yeah, I, can't. See, I don't know if mm-hmm. I can ha- do this, have the skills to do that. Mm-hmm. So it, I've, it takes, time it takes readers certain, are very yeah. mm-hmm. particular. Yeah, yeah so, they are. They are. Yeah, so I probably will not do that, but you know, maybe, maybe someday, maybe someday. Yeah. All right. And last question from Fatima is, um, I always enjoy your Goodreads tips. Do you have any new ones? I have a new one, y'all. Yay! 
Uh, I got it from Amy Dawes. She's uh-huh. amazing. Yeah. We've had her on the podcast before. Um, okay. So stay with me. So, you know, when you're reading on your Kindle, it, you can highlight a little quote, you know, and mm-hmm. stuff. And like when I'm, before I send my book to the editor, I go through and I read it and I highlight typos and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And um, then, uh, um, but when you highlight something that actually shows up on Goodreads under the book. Oh. So like you've got the book and the blurb and then down below it, it says um, it's in the notes section. And um, so you, like all I went and checked and all of my like typos were there, but they're private. People can't see it. It says they're private. So okay. people can't see them. But if you go for the, um, like my rock star book and the, to wake up in Vegas Mary story. If I if I highlighted the first paragraph or whatever and put it there, made it public, mm-hmm. then people can see it. And then I can go in and, and give it, you know, tell them why I wrote that or who um, who were my inspirations or what, something about the setting. And it creates like then they can respond to you or they can ask questions to you. So it's a great way to get interaction and buzz for your book. There you go. Awesome. You're that welcome. Very cool. Okay. So I'm making it. It's a right great, now. yeah, it's really great. Yeah. <laughs> so if, cool. if you've highlighted anything yeah. uh, on a book, if you go to that book's page, you know, like I said, mm-hmm. under the blurb, it's down, mm-hmm. it's above the reviews, but below the blurb, you'll see where it says notes. And then if you haven't made it public, so if you highlight something, you need to go there and make it public mm-hmm. so people can see it. Yeah. What a great thing. And then a lot of times I'll be reading a book and I'll think, oh, I would love to pull this out, you know, and like use it as a quote on social media or something. Mm -hmm, But then I, you know, it's like too many steps. Well, you know, you can do that too, because you can, oh, I'm not sure. Someone will probably correct me on this, but you can highlight something and then create like a, um, I mean, or a gift yeah. or some or GIF or whatever they're called, you know, that, that, that you can share on social media. Yeah. I just, and you can do that through your Kindle too. Yeah. I just never do it. So, but I was thinking it'd be a good way to save. And like, if you're reading through your book and you want to make sure you remember, oh, this mm-hmm. would be good for text for an ad copy or something. You could yeah. highlight it and yeah. it would be there later in Goodreads, but you yeah. could just go find and leave it private until, you yeah. know. That way you don't have Until to go back you and read your to book. Share yeah. It. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. All right. The next question is from Claire. How, how can I grow my newsletter? All right. Okay. Well, uh, well we, on episode 36, Trends in Selling Direct and Audiobooks with Damon Courtney, a book funnel, he talks about this. Um, but, you know, he there, talks about there, like, uh, mm-hmm. yeah reader magnets and things like that right yeah right. reader magnets and and using book funnel to have your reader magnet on where you share that um link with your readers you can do giveaways from book funnel and prolific works they have uh group giveaways um, you know or promos that you can do ryan z we talked about to him mm-hmm. he has a whole uh, business built around um promotions for certain genres where, mm-hmm. where multiple authors get together and they do something. Mm-hmm. 
there's there's a great that's a great way to do it. That's how I built mine. It was with a preview of my book, but which doesn't work you can anymore. Still do it. And frankly, at the time, I can't believe it worked at the time, but it did. Um, but you can still do it and you can still, you know, if you have a short story or a note, well, I don't know about a short story, but a novella, because a lot, some of these promos will require a certain word, word length. Mm-hmm. And um, so you'll have to look at that and all, you know, I mean, all the promos, they have certain, um, I don't know, stipulations. So, but yeah, that's a great way to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Mark Dawson has used reader magnets and run ads with those mm-hmm. uh, to build a newsletter. Um, I, I've i never done that, but um, I know a lot of people that do, not just Mark, but a lot of people. Um, so do you have any other ideas? Yeah, I mean, those are all great. And I would say you've kind of got the two, like you've got your, like bring people in that don't know you. Yes. So you've got like, how do you discover your book? So mm-hmm. that would be like what mm-hmm. you've been talking about, the giving away stuff for free. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Being like doing swaps, doing, yes. you know, sharing things. Yes. Um, and then then you've got like your back matter. And so that's yes. for people that. Back matter is always big. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's, if, yeah, if people that's really how I've grown mine. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. those subscribers tend to be better, you know, because yeah. they, they already know you and they like you and they want They're warm family. readers. Yeah. 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 So just make sure you have something at the back of your book that says, Hey, sign up here. And yeah. you have, you most, I think now you probably need to give them something. And maybe yes. if a couple of years ago, people just sign up because they were interested in when the next right. book was coming out. Right. But I think now you need something to give away and it doesn't have to be another book. It could be right. um, like, if you write cozy mysteries, it could be recipes if you, you know, like whatever your readers would want, um, right. you know, right. whatever your type of reader wants, make it mm-hmm. something that's irresistible to them. Um, I've, I've, I changed mine I, for the historical series. I did have, I was giving away another book, a book one in mm-hmm. another series, but it was a contemporary cozy. And right. so I changed that after what I did was I wrote the historical short story, gave it to my list at Christmas. Mm-hmm. And then after that had gone out, then I switched that out in the back matter and I said, mm-hmm. and it was how Olive got started, like her very right. first little, there's a little line yeah. in the first book about, oh, well, you know, she helped with so-and-so's em- uh, missing emeralds or something like that, yeah. or sapphires. Yeah. And so I wrote a little short story just about that. And so yeah. if they want to know more, then they can get that, you know, when they sign up for my list. Right. So things like that, or if you tell a story or a mm-hmm. short story, a scene from another character's perspective, especially the mm-hmm. love interest. Mm-hmm. I think that's mm-hmm. huge. Like if yeah. you have, yeah, we 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 plotted right. out a whole thing for Sarah to work on uh, yesterday. <laughs> yeah, we it's just gave her list. much work. Yeah, yeah. It's on exactly. my to do list for twenty twenty five. So, so one of the biggest things that I, that has the most downloads for me is the book two. Um, throughout the book, they kind of reference this incident that happened at a wedding. And I wrote the wedding scene, but it was going to be a flashback, and I don't like flashbacks. So I took it out, but I kept it. And then that's my giveaway, and people love it. They love because they want to know what what happened. You know, they want to see what happened. Um, so that's something you know. And that was a scene. I mean, like most of my giveaways are just a scene. They're either a second epilogue or they're that scene mm-hmm. or, um, and then I do have the novella that I do give away, but um, it doesn't yeah. have to be big. It's just got to be something you, 
that grabs their attention. Right. And if you can raise some question and not mm-hmm. answer it, just a little hint, a little hint yes. of mystery. People, yeah. they, if they're into the story, they will want to know. Yeah. And that yeah. that's enough to pull them yeah. into. Yeah. And if you're smart, which I can't claim to be, but um, <laughs> if you're smart, you could write your book with that in mind, you know, knowing that, yeah. you, that you're going to offer this little thing. But yeah. um, those are the best ways, I think. Yeah. To grow your email list. You know, I'm, and it just takes time. It takes, it takes time. time. It takes, it just takes time and effort. That's it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. you will get it. Um, I'm a huge believer um, in trying to get some kind of email list before you release your first book. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's hard. I'm mm-hmm. not going to say it's not hard, but, um, but that just helps you to have someone to market your book to when it first comes out, you know, you have yeah. a specific group of people uh, to market your book to. Yeah. So. yeah. And I went through, um, I moved from one email server to another and I had like all these old emails and I looked back and I was like, why am I saving these? And yeah. I was, I did not know these, you know, like, Mm-hmm. I look back now and I was like, why did I keep these? Why did I delete these? Like, it's like Facebook notifications from, yeah. you know, somebody posted on your Facebook page. So it's just cluttering everything. So yeah. I was deleting everything. Yeah. But as I went through, it was very interesting to look back because I had um, originally when I had my newsletter sign up, when I switched from a paper sign up yeah. with mailing addresses uh-huh. to an email, mm-hmm. I used um, a form that they filled out on my website. This is right. not, not what I'd recommend now, but I would get a notification when somebody filled that out right. and it would be like, and it had a number on it. So it was like number one mm-hmm. and I would get an email number two. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, there would be like gaps of weeks when I would not have anybody sign up yeah. or months. And yeah. so, but it was very interesting to go back and see the gradual Right. You know, it's just a trickle and over time it just builds up. Right. I mean, I will be my, this is my publishing anniversary month. So on April the 11th um, is my, my, yeah, thank you. Uh, But over four years, I've grown my list from 1200 when I started to over 17,000 now. So, and most of that has been organic. I don't do a lot of promos and giveaways. So, you know, I mean, I know some people that grow their list to 17,000 in a year. Good for them. But but over time, slow and steady, I've grown mm-hmm. my list and it's a healthy list. It's, you know, it's interactive. They they click. My click rates are just great. So and open rates are good. Um, so, you know, you yeah. just have to kind of know that it's it could be a, most of the time is a kind of a slow process of just, you know, a hundred, a hundred signups here and there, or, if, you know, when mm-hmm. you have a release, it's always going to be, you know, hopefully bigger. And, um, but like I said, I mean, I'm not discounting what I've done. I'm very proud of it, but I know that there are people that get these, you know, 17,000 in a week and, you know, so it yeah. just depends, you know, but you can't look at that. You just have to look at what you've done and, mm-hmm you know, be good, be and keep good going with that. Yeah. yeah. Keep yeah. going, keep, mm-hmm. keep working at it, keep releasing books and, and yeah, yeah putting it so out there. It's a race. It's a marathon, not a race. Yes. Very true. Yeah. Um, okay. So Michelle has a question. Do you have recommendations for launch strategies for debut authors and, or, or first in series books? Sorry, y'all. Um, yeah, I mean, it's going to, this is going to depend on your genre for sure, yeah. for sure, for sure, for sure. Uh, and if you're wide or in KU. 
because I'm in KU, every launch has to, I feel like it has to matter. Like I have Mm -hmm. to try at least to, to make some kind of splash because I want, um, you know, I want that you rank. Want that boost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want that rank. boost and that rank. Um, the best launch strategy, like I'm just thinking about this because for beginners, because it was, like I said, four years ago. Mm-hmm. And when I did it, you know, I just did what everybody said. You know, I was like, <laughs> they said to do it. So I did it. And it, you know, it really did work. Um, would it you have had worked? a list? You yeah, a I was going to say, would before. it have worked as well if I hadn't had that 1,200 person email list? I don't know. I don't yeah. think it would have because it would have been really hard. But I did have swaps with people. Um, and I think that's a really, I still think that's a good yeah. option, especially for new people. If you can find some people to swap with uh, in your genre, uh, I think that that really can make a ton of difference. Um I wouldn't, and I didn't spend, I didn't have the money. So I didn't spend a lot of money when I launched my first book. Yeah. I mean, I, I just didn't. I had, I spent $50 on that um, shifted sheets review package mm-hmm. thing and promo. And um, that was it. That was all I spent because that's all I had. And um, then I started running some really low, low, like $5 a day um, AMS ads. But I would really, I would not concentrate if I was new. Uh, I would not concentrate on ads in the beginning. Now, uh, AMS ads, in my opinion, are too hard. If you're in romance, they're just too hard to make work. And I know there are people that do, and I'm not discounting but them. It's but, really hard with um, one book. It's hard with one book. Um, but I would work on like relationship building with other authors. I would work on uh, building that newsletter as, you know, mm-hmm. to a thousand people as fast as you could. Um, and just sort of taking it slow. And then with the, if you're in KU, each launch, you maybe do a little bit more. And yeah. as we've said before, I have a launch um, plan on my website that is totally free. You're welcome mm-hmm. to it. Uh, it's jamiealbright.com. We'll put it in the show notes. Mm-hmm. But you can use any one of those things to launch your book. And with the, I just think with each book, you do a little bit more, you know, and yeah. then yeah. you get to the point where you're doing all the things. So that's yeah. in KU. Yeah. And we have a, a episode 26. It's uh-huh. a huge, long episode called Book oh, yeah. Plans, the mega episode. Do you remember that? <laughs> yes. And That's so, us and we, talking again. Yeah. Yeah. And we go into, because you, Jamie just had a launch when we recorded yeah. that and she talked in detail about everything she did. And then uh-huh. I talked about what I did and mine are a little bit different. If I have a first and series book, I really throw everything I can at that. And, mm-hmm. and it is, to me, like a first in series, because it's mystery, is the big launch. Yeah. And that's what I want people to read. Mm-hmm. And I want to get eyes on that book. Mm-hmm. But then like book two, three, and, you know, on down the line, it mm-hmm. becomes more automatic. Like, yeah, I put the book on pre-order. Yeah. And I would recommend pre-orders, even if you do a short one. I mean, and Sarah is wide. That yeah. this is, so I was this is say, for wide. If yeah. you're in KU, you may not want to. But if you're wide, I think pre-orders are great. And for one thing, it gives you the link, gives you the URL. So you Mm -hmm. can, you know, have it ready to go to share with people for all the pages, you know, on the Mm -hmm. different retailers. Yeah. And um, 
So yeah, I do. So like for the other books down the series, I don't do as much, but for the first book or for a debut book, I would, I would do like Jamie says, I would network with other authors in the genre that you can connect with. And then um, in mystery blog tours are still a thing. Um, I don't know that I would recommend this for everyone necessarily, but if your genre has like a group of bloggers that are interested in your book, that is a good way to let people know about it. And I mean, it is a ton of work. It's Mm -hmm. a lot of work. And when I did the new historical series, I hadn't launched a new series in a while and I did a blog tour and I did, I said, I would, um, I can't remember, I would answer questions. They had all mm-hmm. these options. And you want to answer mm-hmm. questions? Do you want to do a post? Mm-hmm. And how many stops do you want to have on the tour? And right. I said, I'll take as many as people want because it's just more people um, finding out about your book. Right. And if you're wide, you can do um, a like a um, NetGalley. You mm-hmm. can list on NetGalley. And get yes. that going and get some readers that way. Um, Kobo has a NetGalley um, right. submission that you can mm-hmm. submit. They don't guarantee that you'll be picked. Right. So. Right. And you can do those things if you're in KU. You, just can't, you have to do them before the book comes out. Right. You can't okay. do them afterwards. Um, and that I would recommend that if you're in KU, like uh, Booksprout or NetGalley or whatever. Mm-hmm. Because the when I launched my book, I did – the first book I did a shifted sheets. I don't know that they still have this. You, mm-hmm. you can all check, but, um, but for $50, they sent my book out to their readers, the readers that, you know, they opted in according to taste. And I gave away 300 books. Like mm-hmm. I gave away 300 books. I got just a lot when it's new, it's a lot, <laughs> but it, you know, it didn't even bother me because I didn't have any readers. I did not have any readers and um, except for those 1200, um, but I got 70, something like that. Um, reviews, reviews, mm-hmm. like within the first week and that's priceless. Yeah. And and those, most of those readers are still my readers. Most of those 70 that review yeah. are, are still my readers. And so that's a good way to find readers, you know, not just reviewers. It's a good way to find readers because if mm-hmm. they really like you, they'll, they'll stick around. Mm-hmm. So so, and that, yeah. And the other thing about, I forgot to say this about pre-orders is if you put your book up on pre-order, it shows mm-hmm. up like if you search on Amazon, like you can search coming soon and there's certain bloggers that will do, um, like new books. These are the new books coming out. And if, if your cover is interesting and intriguing and pretty or, you know, whatever it is for your genre, you can get interest from it just from the cover. Yeah. That's how I got in. um, Or that's how my book was picked to be in that woman's world magazine. That's in the grocery store. They have a little Mm -hmm. panel of books that are released each week. Mm -hmm. And the lady emailed me and said, do you have a a high res copy that I could use. And are you interested? I'm like, sure, mm-hmm. of course. How did you find out about me? And she said that they look, she said, I think I was just looking through the list of the upcoming releases and I liked your right. cover. So, you know, just having it out where people yeah. can see it can really help. Right. And another thing that I've done the last few books is reached out to bookstagrammers myself. I don't do blog, blog tours, but I yeah. have reached out to bookstagrammers because I really like bookstagrammers. Um, I think they're they're kind of true fans of the of romance, and um, 
you know, they read everything. And um, so, but here's a tip. If you're going to reach out to a bookstagrammer, um, you know, know what they're about, you know, follow them. Do some research. Yeah. Do some research, follow them, comment on their stuff and then send them an email or DM and ask for their email. And and then just ask them if they would be interested. They may say, no, it's fine. It's not going to hurt you, but, but don't just cold call, you know, them, if you don't follow them, that's, that's not cool. So, yeah. Yeah. And I would also say kind of a new way to, um, uh, launch a book it would be um, podcast if yours uh, if you're in a genre that has some podcast for readers mm-hmm. you might send a copy to the host and yeah. pitch yourself because I think that's the new that's the new blog tour is actually yeah. the podcast tour yeah. you know yeah. a little bit harder to find the match that you need for the yes. the right podcast uh-huh. but um but like if you write fiction and you're um book is based on like or inspired by a true crime there's like mm-hmm. a ton of true crime podcasts mm-hmm. that you might mm-hmm. be able to get on i don't know you feel like on the big ones same but, same you know? thing there though listen oh, to yeah. podcasts do not yeah. just y'all mm, okay that's good <laughs> we, on we soapbox you might want to stand back yeah no i'm going to <laughs> if you're going to reach out to a podcast to be a guest have the decency and the respect for the people who do their podcasts to listen to at least one episode. So you know what the podcast is about. It's just so, um, I just remember Simon Whistler talking about this Mm -hmm. when, you know, when he had his podcast and I, I was so new, I was like, Oh, okay. That sounds pretty like a good idea, but it is a good idea. If you're going to reach out to somebody, let them know what you like about their podcast or yes. something you've gotten from their podcast before you give the ask. Um, it's always just, it's always best practice. And if you're using a PR company, make sure they're doing that because oh my gosh, uh, yes, we've gotten so many requests <laughs> from PR companies for people to come on and do their, you know, promote their but, book, but they're not for our audience. No, not at all. So, yeah. and, and so that's only hurting the author and that's yeah, not and the author doing it. That's the PR person. And the author's paying for that. Yeah. So yes. Um, anyway, that's just a little yeah. side. <laughs> so Pepe. the other thing, and I totally agree. I get pitches for mystery books podcast mm-hmm. with authors who would like to be on. And I don't interview people. I just talk yeah. about books. So yeah. Anyway, back to uh, first in series books. I think the very best thing you can do, it's, I mean, there's so much you can do and, uh, you know, all these things, they all take time and they can give your book a boost, but the very best thing to do is write the next book. Yes, you know, because absolutely. Once you, I mean, yeah. even if it's not in a series, once you start having multiple books mm-hmm. out, mm-hmm. then when people finish your book, they've got another book to go to mm-hmm. and it can yeah. just, it's yeah. really, it's really hard to, mm-hmm. I think sometimes it's hard to limit yourself in your marketing for book one because you're so excited about it. Right. It is. It is. And, you know, I mean, thankfully, I did not have a lot of money to spend on book one (laughs) or I would have. I probably would have because, you know, I I wanted that book. (laughs) I wanted that book to make me money. I wanted that book to do well. But and it did. It made me money. It's always made me money. But um, it's just. You know, I would have probably spent way more than I should have. Um, and writing the next book is always the best option, even though, eh, you know, I write slower. It still helps me. So yeah. it's always the be- best option. Yeah. So, so 
you want to take, we, we kind of went through some of the questions, but let's do some rapid fire questions. Do you want to do okay. that? Okay. Yeah. So uh, Michelle asks, what are the best conferences to attend and why? Oh, okay. That'll be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So my all-time favorite conference is NINC. Uh, mm-hmm. That's in Florida and it's for novelists. You have yep. to publish two books and you have to hit a certain threshold in sales before mm-hmm. you can apply to attend. Right. And um, it's got great speakers, good Correct. It's just a great place to meet people and find mm-hmm. authors in your genre because there's all kinds of genres mm-hmm. there. Um, let's see what other favorite conferences I have. I've gone to a lot of like mystery related conferences mm-hmm. and those are more when I was trad published. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't do those as much now because they don't really fit with, they're not really interested in indie authors to be right. perfectly honest. Yes. <laughs> so I, so um, I don't do those as much now. Um, what about you? What I would definitely favorite? recommend Nink if you're, if you're at that level. And I think that when I joined it, the threshold was like $5,000 or something. Yeah. It's, for income. It's not, like yeah, it's not a in, ton. It's in a I mean, time period of like yeah, a year have, or two years. I, I think it's remember. a year. Yeah. I don't know. Go to the Nink website. Don't <laughs> let you we'll know. have a link in the show notes. Oh, goodness. <laughs> we should probably research this stuff before we talk about it. Um, <laughs> that would be way too professional. Um, but also, if you're new and um, a conference that's kind of, not new, but it, a conference that's good because it's a low, uh, the low threshold price low threshold to entry as far as financially, Um has always been the 20 books to 50 K conference in Vegas. And I think that this year it's a little more expensive because we're kind of moving. They were moving from the hotel they've been at to one that's on the strip, but Mm -hmm. still it's still reasonable, very reasonably priced. Um, And you're going to get a lot of different. I think the thing I've I've liked about that conference is you just get a lot of different speakers and a lot of different opinion, not opinions, but because we all want to make money and we all want to, you know, produce as much as we can, but it's just a, it's always just been a good like place to meet people and mm-hmm. hang out. And, you know, when I go to conferences, that's all I'm about the networking. <laughs> Jamie um, doesn't I, care about the schedule yeah, of what yeah. they're going to talk about. I'm I'll be there. highlighting my, yeah. my no, schedule. I'll be I need there. to go to this one. Right. I'll <laughs> take some notes, but I want to, I want to meet some people. Um, and then also romance author mastermind, uh, the, the in-person, I mean, the virtual conference was great this past year because we really didn't have a choice on it. But mm-hmm. the in-person conference, if you can, that's an invite kind of mm-hmm. conference um, that you can apply. And uh, if you can get into the, per, you know, the in-person one, oh, that one has just always been, been so, so great. Good. Yeah. 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 So yeah. those are and some I would say two recommendations. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with all those. And I think that, um, when I was first starting out, I went to several just writers conferences that mm-hmm. were small, local, yes, kind of local, regional. local. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, I lived in um, Oklahoma. Well, my first one was in Texas and another one I went to was in Oklahoma. Cause that was where mm-hmm. I lived at the time. Yep. And you can enter your work usually in um, the, they ha- usually they'll have a, conf- a contest where you can enter a couple of chapters and you can get feedback. Sometimes they'll have agents and editors there. And even if you're not planning on going traditional or if you're wondering, you can get feedback 
and it's usually from a published author or professional. So that, those were very helpful for me. Yeah. So that was yeah. Good. When RWA was still, you know, going strong, those are local RWA conferences were just awesome for mm-hmm. uh, meeting people, getting to pitch or getting feedback on your book or whatever. So, all right. Uh, next one. What is ways to revive a tired backlist? Got any mm-hmm. ideas? Okay, so I just listened to a podcast with Ricardo from Reedsy mm-hmm. on, I think, the Kobo Writing Life podcast. Yes. And he talked about that. It's towards the end of the episode. And he had kind of like this little checklist that he was going through. He was like, try this, try this, try this. So I will link to that in the show notes. But um, I think sales is a good way to do that. Like if you can book, put one book on sale, Mm -hmm. then that can help people can draw attention to it. Mm -hmm. Box sets. If you Mm -hmm. can box up a couple of books and then put that on sale. Mm -hmm. Um, Changing the covers. Oh yeah. 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 Changing covers. We'll always do looking at your blurbs. You might need to punch up your blurbs or change them all together because when you published four years ago, um, blurbs, blurb styles might have changed mm-hmm. in your genre over the four years. So, yeah, mm-hmm. that's one way to do and it. And you mentioned something the other day of, like, if you have one series and you have another series that mm-hmm. maybe is not doing so well, if you yeah. could do some sort of crossover, yes. some, some way to bring one character from one world yes. into the other, to put yes. some readers into your older series, that mm-hmm. might be good, or bring yeah. a character from the older series to the new series or something right. like that. Yeah, and one way I'm going to do that is, uh, so I have my bride's books, the four bride's books. They're set in Zaxville, Texas. So here's the deal. When I went to write the Homecoming King book with a professional football player, I thought I can't, I've got a rock star, a country music star, a child star and a billionaire living in, you know, Zaxville. I can't have a football Best. player. So I should richest, have just, yeah, I should have just small put, town in, yeah, in the world. Yeah, exactly. I should have just put the football player in Zaxville, but I didn't. I created a, another new town. So what I'm going to do, because I, my bride's people will read the home, will read homecoming King right. homecoming King readers aren't necessarily going back and reading the bride's books. I can just tell, you know, yeah. um, but I'm coming out with a second book sometime. And then <laughs> I, and then um, the third book, I, I'm going to introduce the character. Actually, I'm going to introduce the character in this book, just an introduction. But in the third book, that character will play a little bit bigger role. And then she's going to be my bride in my next bride's book so that I can get some, you know, crossover, hopefully. And so some of the characters from the small town royalty series will come over, you know, and be in the bride's books briefly or whatever. Mm -hmm. So um, that's just an idea that I have, but that's, that's a good way to revive a backlist. If you can link them somehow yes, and create, you know, a universe, you know, yes, you've got this a universe, universe, a series within uh, a series. Yeah. This, yeah. That's always yeah. good. Yeah. All right. Um, how do you stay organized in any particular tools or systems that you uh, have that have helped you be successful? This is from uh, Josie. And I'm going to give this to Sarah. Because... <laughs> well, you mentioned one last week. Oh, yeah. Pacemaker. That was really great. That's a great yeah. tool. Yeah. Yeah. I liked, I went and looked at it. I was like, it's very cool. Yeah. It's I very haven't cool. used it yet, but it's very cool. Yeah. Um, well, I don't feel like, I feel like I'm never 
organized enough. Yeah, you know, like either. there's always more that you could mm-hmm. do. But um, so I've got, well, like for writing and stuff, I use a Pomodoro app mm-hmm. and it's called Flat Tomato, I think. I think we've mentioned yeah. it before. I yeah. use that. Uh-huh. Um, as far as like keeping track of things, um, I have Adriel who has helped mm-hmm. me a lot. Yeah. She's really yeah. good at being organized. And right. in fact, she has created a checklist mm-hmm. that um, I was going to put it. I'll put the link in the show notes that if you want to sign up to get, it's a book release checklist yeah. where you can um, like, she's got what she does for me. And then she's got a column where like, is like she has how far out we do it. But if mm-hmm. you want to do like, or if you want to mark something off, you can mark it mm-hmm. off, but then mm-hmm. you can say, okay, I want to do this two months before instead of six months or whatever. So I'll put a link to that because that just knowing that like figuring out the timelines of what I need to do and Mm -hmm. knowing when I need to do each thing helps me. Can we Um, share that in the Facebook group? Yes. 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 I need to create a links for it. So I'll put that in there when we get it done. That's great. And also when, when Sarah does that, uh, you guys can share your organizational links uh, so that you can help us. Yes, we're not real good. Um, Okay, so here's a question from Kelly. I'm trying to finish my first book, but I keep getting sidetracked researching everything I should do once it's done. Read readers, editors, newsletters, marketing, formatting. The list of things I don't know is so long, I get overwhelmed and go get cookies and a cup of coffee instead. I I feel you. My kind of person right there. (laughs) So for the sake of my waistline, where do we send a newbie? Where do you send a newbie for information? Um, She's just kidding about the waistline, but. (laughs) um, That's legit to me. (laughs) Yeah. So this is what I would, and I've, I've mentioned this in the group before, but David Gogren has that um, class. It's a free, um, free class, free uh, course mm-hmm. for new authors, kind of things they need to know um, up front, and we'll put the sh- we'll put a list in the show notes for that. Mm-hmm. But that's always a good thing. But my big thing is just if you hear something interesting, write it down. Mm-hmm. But keep writing your book. Like, mm-hmm. don't stop writing your book to go research this other stuff. Just make a list of things you hear that mm-hmm. are interesting, and when you're done with the book or your, your book is with the editor or whatever, you can then start looking because here's the deal. You know, I waited a year to put my first book out because I wanted to get my ducks in a row. And so it may not take you a year, but if it took you a couple of months after you finish your book to get things set up, then that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing that says that you have to put that book out immediately. Um, when you finish it. So just make a list of things, but I think David's course would really help. Yeah. I think that's a great idea. And the thing is, if you, if you don't finish the book, you're Mm -hmm. never going to get to do all that stuff. And if you, you become so focused on that, it's really hard not to, because a lot of the podcasts, they focus on, you know, how to promote, how to market, you know, how to create your rear magnet and stuff. So finish the book and then, Mm -hmm. um, once you have it done, because a lot of that stuff may change because, right. you know, things that work now may not work in, you know, a couple months or, right. you know, so think of it, I would think of it as I'm not going to spend my time doing that now because that might be a waste of my time. Right. So I'll finish the book and then David Gogren, that's a great resource. Mm-hmm. And then um, the Mark Dawson SPF 101 course, mm-hmm. if you have a little more money and you have the ability to 
like that's kind of like the next step, I would think. Yeah. After you do, but the if, David but if you do have a little bit of money, it's it's worth it. I've done that course. I it's got tons of great information, and it is kind of a a step by step of how you can do it. And mm-hmm. um, we can put I that link in the show notes. Yeah. I mean, it's an affiliate link. We want y'all to know that up front. But um, but we, I've taken the course. It, it yeah. really helped me. So yeah. yeah, yeah. And I took the ads course. So mm-hmm. we have both taken courses and yeah. found them beneficial. So, yeah. yeah. So that's. Um, I think that's actually open right now. So I'll yeah, I think it is in the too. show notes. Yeah. So that, um, that's helpful. Yeah. I think that is. All right. So Celeste says, I don't remember if you've talked about this before, but I'd love to hear about what you wish you'd known about working with beta readers and what you wish you'd known about finding and working with editors and the types of editors. So I use beta readers. You Do you? I have. In the I past, have. Yeah. I really like using beta readers, but I will say this, that if you're going to use beta readers, use an odd number of beta readers <laughs> because, it, you know, like with one of the books I read, all five of my beta readers said, um, no, it was four because that one I only used four, but they all four said, he need, I want him to get his in the end, like the bad guy, you the know, the guy, guy, the antagonist the in the book. Yeah. yeah. And I had, I thought I had done that, but I hadn't done it the way they wanted it. So because they all four said it, I fixed it. But if, you know, if two of them say something, but the other three, or, you know, if you have an odd number or the one of them says something, the other two says they didn't notice that or what they don't mention it, then I don't change it. You know, if it's something that I feel really strongly about, I won't change it. But if, a, if more than one says something, then it's definitely something I look at, you know, as far as, and I, I get those beta readers from my readers. Mm-hmm. Um, it's usually the readers that comment the most, the readers I know that I, I know that love my books, but also will be honest with me. Um, mm-hmm. That's another thing. Um, I would never take my beta readers word necessarily over my editor um, because while my, while my, while those are my readers and they love what they love, what I write, my editor is going to give me an eye for a new reader coming in. You know what I'm saying? So, um, no, I have not done what, I, you know, I've, I've chosen not to do something my editor told me to do, and I've chosen to not do something that my beta readers told me to do. Mm-hmm. But um, I think that it's just easier. I usually send it to my beta reader before I send it to my editor mm-hmm. just to make sure the story's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've also used developmental editors. I I do that, like, when I finish the first draft, and I'll send it um, to them. And so tell kind of what a developmental editor is. A developmental editor is like a story editor. So they're going to just look at the story, the overall, like, does this story make sense? Do you have, here are your holes. Um, You know, one one of my developmental editors kept saying, I don't understand him. I don't know what his motivation is. I don't. And so I had to go. um, I felt like I had been pretty clear. But when I went back and looked, I could see there were places I could make that deeper and better. Um, so that's that's really good. Um, you know, I've had them say, mm, I, well, this kind of went off the rail. <laughs> you know, 
this went off the rails here. And so I've had to rein it back or take that scene out or whatever. So um, yeah, that's it. And then my line, my line copy editor, um, she really does more than just that. She does, she does a heavy copy edit, which for me is a little bit of a developmental editor, but Mm -hmm. we have a relationship. She's been my editor since I started. And um, so she knows my books. She knows my voice. Um, she knows what she knows. My readers. She knows yeah. what my readers like. Um, so that helps. That yeah. helps me. Yeah. 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 Well, that is good. That is. Um, I've. I. I have a copy editor, like you were saying, a heavy uh-huh. copy edit that I do. Uh-huh. And I mean. And when I started out, I was traditionally published. So my editor, what I guess would have been my developmental, yeah. I can't even say that, developmental <laughs> editor. Um, yeah. So if, I've used beta readers a few times. I've had a couple of books. One of my on the run series, I just was having such a hard time with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I know one of my readers loves that series. And so I emailed her and I said, would you be willing to, would you be interested in reading the draft of this? Mm -hmm. Because I'm having some issues with it. Mm -hmm. And I'd gotten some feedback. I think I'd sent it off to my editor Mm -hmm. and she gave me some feedback and I was like, "Eh, just don't feel like that's the right thing. And Mm -hmm. so I sent it to uh, one of my readers and she read it and she told me what she thought. And that helped me because I knew Mm -hmm. that she, yeah, I thought she's my target reader. Right. And if she's, if she likes the way that her story's going, or if right. she doesn't, then that will help me. So that right. helped me sort that out. That's yeah. really the only time I've used a beta reader before right. um, a book has come out. I usually yeah. just write it, uh, send it to the copy editor, and then when I get done, I've I've started using two proofreaders mm-hmm. because my oh yeah, I use proofreader too. Yeah, very very offended a lot of my readers are very offended by a typo and it's yeah. i think it was partly because mystery readers are so into the details mm-hmm. they really want and you know small little things like that pull them out of the story yeah. yeah so i do two different proofreads i used to listen to it i get it sent it to the proofreader get it back and then i would listen to it but mm-hmm. that just takes a long time yeah so takes- i was like i'm gonna pay the money to have somebody mm-hmm. else read it a totally different person right. and then now everything comes out in audio mm-hmm. so then that's like a third Mm-hmm. proofread and we mm-hmm. always find something on the third proofread right. you know right so yeah i use a proofreader too um and i will just tell you that i have very few um since i've really been i didn't use a proofreader with the first two books but from the third book on i have and i have very very few um you know comments of oh this is wrong or whatever last one i i used waste I used the wrong waste. (laughs) Love it. Um, And nobody caught it, you know, shout out to the, to the typos that get past, you know, me and yeah. 17 reads. Yes, exactly. Um, So yeah, those are, those are just things that we do. Um, You know, is there anything you wish you'd known about that? uh, That was part of the question. And I, I think I I wish I had known that if they say they, you know, if they have a correction or they have, you know, sort of, hey, I'm having an issue. You know, I don't love this. It, it's not personal. <laughs> they don't they don't hate the whole book. Um, so and I think I would also wish I had known that when I get it back from the editor, I may have some big things to, you know, fix. And I didn't really 
know that. I kind of felt like I'd send it to the editor and they go, ah, that's fine. And fix your typos and stuff. But but there have been almost every book, there's been something I needed to go in and really um, hammer out and fix. But I think the biggest thing is just don't be precious with your stuff. I mean, you know, it's, I think sometimes we can get so precious with our work that we disregard anybody that disagrees with us or has another opinion. And, and there's a healthy line there, you know, you want to stay Mm -hmm. true to you and your voice, but on the other hand, you're way too attached to what you're reading, what you've written. And Mm -hmm. it takes an outside person to look at it and go, you might look at this. And if, especially if you have more than one person saying that you need to maybe have a look at it. So what about you? Um, I think I wish I had realized that copy editors and proofreaders, they are, they are checking. And I feel like a lot of them feel like they must show you the correct grammatical structure Mm -hmm. for everything. Mm -hmm. So they'll send things back and they'll be like, this is not, you know, they would not say who the the appropriate term is who. Yeah, and a lot of times I'm thinking, but in conversation, people, yeah, my this character would not say whom. Yes, and so like I, you know, I have these debates, like, do I make it grammatically correct or not? Mm-hmm. And so for I've had to realize that conversation and mm-hmm. a novel is not a grant, not a a thesis that you're turning uh-huh. in that has to be right. grammatically correct. Correct, and if all the language is grammatically correct, mm-hmm. then it doesn't read right. Sometimes right. it sounds right. doesn't sound right. And that's what's so great about Serena. She will say, I mean, this is yeah. how it should correctly be, but you're fine to continue to use it this way. I'm just going to point this out so yeah. that if somebody says something, you know, she's mm-hmm. she's really great about that. And um, one of the reasons I went with Serena, um, I, I sent, uh, you know, most editors will do like a little preview. Um, yeah, a sample a sample edit and she was the only one of the four or five that I sent to that didn't try to change my voice, you know, because I write comedy and I write small town comedy, you know, a lot of editors wanted to change the way I said something either because it wasn't, you know, in conversation, it wasn't grammatically correct, but in conversation, that's conversation. People don't speak grammatically correctly all the time. And she was the only one that didn't try to do that. And so that was, that was my sign that she was who I needed to go with. Yeah. I think that's really smart. And doing yeah. a couple of sample yes. edits with different people, it takes time to get those and find the people. Yes. It's worth it. It's way yeah, worth it. It is worth it. And then this is the last one. Uh, what do you wish you'd known about narrating your own books and starting a podcast? Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> narrating my books i wish that i had known that it wasn't going to be quite as hard or difficult as i thought because i've only done the one yeah and once i actually got into it and i got everything set up it was Mm -hmm. fine yeah it was the setup that was the hard part yeah yeah Yeah. and it's the unknown you don't know how to do it and you know and i don't feel like i'm i'm not a voice actor so there was a lot of like can i do it so it really wasn't as hard as i thought it would be and i'm really Mm -hmm. glad i did it i'm glad i don't do every book though because i think i would be exhausted yeah Yeah. and as for the podcast i wish i'd known how fun it was going to be you know i mean it's a lot of work it's a lot of you know we have to schedule things and um you know, people, we have, we, we're sort of dependent on other people's schedules and that's, that's kind of hard, but uh, so you got to be flexible, but it's so fun. I love it. It is a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
I was going to say, I wish that I had known, I wish I had known how to level sound. Oh yeah. Y'all. We're sorry. We're sorry. Yeah. All we can say is we're sorry. We're sorry. Especially in the beginning. I think it's better now. Um, Oh yeah. It's much I'm usually the problem, but um, no, you're not. Yeah. I, I, yeah, we're sorry. That's all we can say is we're sorry. No, I think like our technical thing has Mm -hmm. um, gotten better, but yeah. And I, I enjoy it. I love doing it. I love talking to everybody and I always learn something. It's very right. cool. Yeah. And I think that, you know, if you're going to do a podcast, you need to edit. You need to edit. And I'm just grateful we have somebody that edits yes. for us. Alexa uh, has done a great job. Yeah. Uh, not the person, not the uh, AI. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that way, if you if you edit, you know, I mean, it just gives you a little bit more freedom when you're talking. Mm-hmm. Because if you say something, you, can, you know, you can go back and fix mm-hmm. it. Um, and if or, you're going to interview you know, guests, it makes them yes. feel better to know. It makes them feel so much better. Um, yeah. if you know, if they know you're going to edit, cause they don't feel like they don't feel that pressure. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and, uh, something we do that I kind of got, and I'm sure you did too, Sarah, from being on other podcasts is we try to talk to our guests for five or 10 minutes before we start yeah. recording yeah. just to make them feel comfortable, you know, and, um, mm-hmm. Because most of them we know, but some we don't know. And uh, so we just want to, you know, that helps us to feel comfortable, helps them to feel comfortable. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that we, from the beginning, we knew that this was for writers uh-huh. and it was like, we knew what our goals were. Yes. And yes. we're, you know, we're not, we have some affiliate stuff, but we're really not trying to monetize mm-hmm. this in any way. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. we're just doing it because we love talking to people and yeah. we love podcasting mm-hmm. and, you know, it's yeah, just, podcasting is just meant so much. I mean, it's, it's been our education um, mm-hmm. in indie publishing for both of us. I mean, we both, that's how we met each other through a mm-hmm. conference that was started because of a podcast and um so yeah it's just been yeah it's how i learned everything about indie publishing me too actually me too you know, yeah pretty much me too. So. so anyway this has been a marathon session but uh i hope we got <laughs> your questions answered and if you have any other questions pop them in the group and we'll try to answer them there yeah sounds good and we will see everybody next week okay thank you All guys right. bye Thanks for listening to the Wish I'd Known Then podcast. We hope this episode inspired you, empowered you, and made you laugh a little bit too. If you loved it, tell your friends about it. And if you feel so inclined, leave us a review. We look forward to being with you again next week.